I get so many calls of people from all over the world that they know that their child went through some kind of an abuse or they don't know, but they see symptoms, panic attacks, anxiety, depression, cutting, anorexia, and they go through years of suffering. And I have this conversation with so many of them. This one I recorded, and I hope that it's going to help shed some light on some people out there that are struggling, struggling perhaps for years and not even understanding what to do. We Jewish people know how to take care of our kids. And if a kid has any kind of physical illness, we are on it. If a kid has Crohn's, which is not life-threatening, we will buy books and we will research and we'll understand Crohn's. And if the kid starts having pain, we'll understand that we must have put something in the cereal, in the food that caused pain to the kid. We would never, ever, ever let it happen. If a kid has an airborne allergy to nuts, the whole bungalow colony knows not to have nuts. The airplanes will have to vacuum. We're excellent at understanding physical illness. Comes a sexual trauma, which causes symptoms, pain, for a lifetime very often. And we, from people, don't understand it, don't really acknowledge it, usually don't read up on it. And when the child does something that's normal to do as a result of what happened to them, so the child is normal, we usually freak out and don't understand it. What are you doing? How can we doing? Why are you doing? Why can't you do this? And then we take the child who was stabbed and has an invisible knife in their heart, which causes internal bleeding, causes what looks like usually as laziness, causes a breakdown in the brain, which now they have MRIs of the brain that prove that the brain stops developing. Parts of the brain stop developing. It's black and white. But we usually, I don't know you, you didn't tell me anything, so please don't get offended if I'm wrong. I don't know anything about you. I'm giving you a, a standard schmooze in this Indian. We generally take a bad situation and cause the victim of a terror attack enormous pain. We take the knife inside of them and we just touch it and twist it and push it by just showing frustration, by showing that we don't understand you. And I can vouch for these kids dealing with this Yaima Valayla that we're all so worried, but what if she's taking advantage? What if on that 1% and we throw away the 99 times out of 100 where they're really acting normal? And we're so scared of spoiling them. We're so scared of, she's raw, bad though. she's going to be lazy, she's going to be, that when they really can't do something or they're doing something as a normal reaction, we, we don't respond properly and we cause them enormous tar. Alpidin Torah. Alpidin Torah, she's a chayla, she takana. Torah understands chayla nefesh. Somebody who came here a week ago, before coming to me, they went into Rebchaim Kanievsky. And their child was completely Michal Shabbos to Fahesia, eating treif, eats on Yom Kippur, an atheist. And they sent in their brother-in-law to Reb Chaim. The brother-in-law grew up near Reb Chaim by Letterman Shul, went into Reb Chaim Kanievsky, and Reb Chaim said, Rufu Shalema. So the brother-in-law said, and this is recorded, the brother-in-law said, Rufu Shalema, what about Yer Shamayim? You should do tshuva. Reb Chaim said, this is Chayle Nefesh. Rufu Nefesh or Rufu Haguf. Not only did he bench the right part of the broken child, but he refused to give a bracha for Yerushalayim because what the kid is doing, who was molested as a child, 
It's only refuah. It's only a refuah shalema. The only bracha, the only problem, you don't go into a hospital and ask for years shemayim for the people not putting on tefillin or for the people who are, who are doing anything. That's, it's inappropriate to even think that there are any left from or that their year shemayim is damaged in any way or their kibbit ab is damaged in any way. And what normally happens, and I get calls from girls like you're describing, with, they're also Mechal Shabbos, your daughter, if she went through so much pain. Look what happens to a tzaddikis who gets stabbed. This is what this does. It's two plus two is four. The only difference is, when it comes to this, we can't see it. So I show you a man in shul, and I tell you, you see that man? He's going to die within a month. How do you know? Because the doctor said he has a growth, a tumor that's inoperable. Don't even treat it with chemo. And they said he has four weeks to live. Yeah, are you kidding? He looks fine to me. If we don't see it, it's very hard for us to understand. Don't judge her and don't ever let her think that you look down on her. Because if you're wrong, let's say, and it comes out to you one day you read a book and one day you become a mumka, one day you do an fMRI and you see that she was right and you were wrong. Then you're over listening, either listening nichshom, and that's what it says from Rav Gershon Edelstein, and that's what it says from Shemuel Rabinovich, and that's what's brought down from Hagayim Takalo Lechaveri who nichnas tachta v'chol einshin. So there's no question that you love her. There's no question. But what happens is with these type of things, we so don't understand them, and we so don't spend the time to understand it, that almost consistently. We take the high road, looking down at the person who's responding perfectly normal to their trauma. What that does, shalai kedin, shalai kalacha, asar alpitayra, is it causes a new trauma. First of all, it makes them feel misunderstood. It makes them feel like I, everybody's looking at me like I'm bad. They don't understand my struggle. They don't even understand that even if I eat trace, it's because of all of this that happened to me. So I'm not Maisha Rabbeinu. So I'm not of it. Or maybe I am. You have to understand one thing. Since the Holocaust, since the Holocaust, there has never been someone in as much pain as your daughter. Everything she has is a result of sexual trauma. So you could see that even if you don't understand the connection, but at eight years old or whatever it was, seven, eight usually, this and this happened. And at 18 years old, shine, we have a disease. It's connected. That shows you that what happened to her years ago is alive and well. It's like being bitten by a snake and it just destroys your whole system and it's affecting her brain. And you can do an fMRI and you will see parts of the brain stop developing at the age of the trauma. So the first thing you need to know is, if you're not a mumcha on trauma, become one. Your daughter is a victim of a trauma. Become a mumcha. Go to the library. Go to Google. Look at TED Talks, T-E-D Talks, and put in childhood trauma. What does it do to the brain? Become a mumcha. Until you are a mumcha, then you're a din of a rasha to take any action because you'll end up hurting the patient the same way if we see somebody gets hit by a car. They're lying on the floor. What do we do? You, you want to pick them up. What's the first thing they tell you? Don't pick them up. You'll paralyze them. The pain that these kids have by their parents who love them and who want them just be normal, just function. Why can't you this? How can you that? The frustration that it does to them who they are already weakened, that my tati, my abba, my daddy doesn't look up to me. 
And the only reason I don't get hundreds and I'm not that star that I should have been is because somebody stabbed me. And if I would have been stabbed with a real knife, if I would have a car cut off my legs and I would be in a wheelchair, I wish, because then everybody would see my pain. Everybody would understand that I'm not lazy or bad or trying to hurt anybody. Everybody would carry me and take care of me and comfort me and run to help me. And now I'm suffering more than anybody in any of those other situations. And all they do is look at me with pain. I'm their pain. Me. I'm their pain. The guy who did this to me could be getting shishi in shul. But I'm the pain of Klal Yisrael. Me? The one who I don't sleep at night? These kids do not have normal night sleeps. If you go in the middle, if you put a video camera, you'll see they twist and they turn. Me who's suffering from diseases, who I can't get married, I don't know if I'm going to live or die. I have to go now and be ripped away from my family. I should be in camp. I would have been the GO president. I would have been the counselor. And now I have to be living in a facility. If a normal person would go into the facility, you would vomit. What kind of food? What does it smell like? Who's in there? In the psych wards and in these type of things. And I have to go there because I am so sick. And on top of that, they don't even understand my pain. They don't even realize that I'm good, that I'm probably better than anyone else in the family. They can't see that on me. That pain is, is mamish murder. The Siva Shalom, the Siva Shalom says that when somebody is acting out because of emotional pain, any maskana shaloi b'mokem hanochoin is shvichas damim. Because Yisabech is hayelet pikama. There's so much material on understanding this situation. And it's so pikuach nefesh. It's chaylish yeshbeit hakana. Any rechok rejection is shaloi b'mokem hanochoin. And you end up with a much bigger problem. Because the child then feels abandoned, misunderstood. I'm the problem because my tzniah is because I'm struggling. She has every right to struggle. And why do we think that she's different than the other kids? If the other kid would have gotten stabbed, then oh, the other one becomes a problem. This is in Unzer Adar, in our Nebuchadnezzar. This is crushing people. Once somebody wants to die, once somebody is a chayla, anorexia, depression, anxiety, at that point the parents need to throw everything away in the world and say, I'm here for you. I love you. I accept you. I understand you. And become, spend a hundred hours to learn about her pain. And you'll see that this is not eh, unconditional love. You got to love. No, it's going to the hospital to visit a chayla in a bed and saying, you missed my Krishna today? It's inappropriate. It's rishos if you see the facts. I'm not talking about how you should deal with a problem. I'm saying understand the problem. Parents today who are dealing with this problem don't know what they're dealing with. And in that not dealing, most of them are doing tremendous damage. But it's not like in my opinion. Anybody who spends 100 hours in understanding, 2 plus 2 is 4, understanding that what happened to her, understanding it in detail, feeling her pain, understanding her struggles that are now only because of that, only because of that, understanding that she's potter. says she's potter. You don't have to worry about her oilam haba. Understanding that the Stachina Rebbe said that she is a carbon tzibur. She didn't do anything in her young life to deserve the punishment and the pain that she went through. So why is she going through it? And he says, 
Halacha, it's from Halacha Lamoisha Misinai. I could send you a video. She's a carbon seabor. She's suffering for our sins. She's suffering, and other people don't have bumps in the road. That's what he explained. Because she's a carbon seabor, and the parents, you wonderful people, are carbon seabor also. Because Riff Koppelman said, and a lot of Gedalim said, there's no Avera you could have done to deserve the pain that you're going through with such a child. And you and her are suffering to help Klau Yisrael, to bring Mashiach. And then people look down at you, and you look down at her, and everybody turns on everybody else and gets all confused. So there's so much information you need to realize. Until I can judge, I will say, Havidan is called Ha'adam Lakafschus. That's my chiyuv. Al-Tadin es chavercha atzitagim If I become a professional, then I know you could take a step. You could push yourself. You could cover up. You could do more. But until I'm a professional, I risk being a murderer. And Nebuch, I've seen kids die. They weren't supported. They weren't understood. They didn't have parents. And the parents are very from. They had parents who wanted them to die. Parents who said, you're my Agma Savage. I can't look at you. You're not Sneus. Bahulu Bahulu. Instead of understanding that, first of all, even with a Russia, that's not the Yiddish way. But Kolchke with a Chayla, it's not appropriate. So far, am I clear? Crystal. Oh, that's good. Crystal is the best kind of clear. Very clear. You're a very clear explainer. I live with it, and I live with it, and I get hundreds of phone calls. She's fighting for her life. Yosef in Mitzrayim was fighting for his life, and he had a Nisayan that was too great for him. How did he manage to stay strong? It says, Vayimotin. The Nesiv Shalom says, where does he have the power of Vayimotin? Because the Medrash says that the Nesayin was too great for him. Her Nesayin, your daughter, forget about how she got here. But how do you get out of here? We look at every time that they fall. We don't realize that there are valiant warriors that are mamish since the Holocaust. We're never in such a situation that you have to fight to eat kosher. Who's fighting for kosher? Who's fighting for Shabbos? You know what it's like when you have pain in your brain and you want to die and you try not to open the TV on Shabbos? Or you try, and by the way, many times the halacha is that she should watch TV on Shabbos. Big Paisik said that he got a, uh, he told me that he got a, a someone rang, uh, knocked on his door Friday night and she said, I'm feeling suicidal. And the only thing that calms me down is sewing. Am I allowed to sew? He said, go home and sew. The Torah understands Chil Shabbos. Reb Shmuel Birnbaum, the Shiva of Mir, the Keser HaTorah of our generation. He writes in his Sefer, the America is a Machla Shenikra Dikaon, depression. The Nire Shemuter Lechalel Shabbos Bavur Mi Shesoyvel Mi Machlazu. And he's not talking about severe depression. He's talking about, he says, someone who doesn't feel exalted, which is <laughs> way, way, way before. Way, way less than what she's dealing. You never know what level she can spiral down. And therefore, we have to understand her pain. And she needs support. Idud. Reb Gershon Edelstein, Rosh Hashiva Panevich says, when you're dealing with a child off the derech, which is not her case, 
she could eat trape. She's not off the derech. This is not a Yiddish guy problem. It's a machla. It's a brain damage. But even if she would be eating treif and off the derech, he says, Yelich in the skalko, tzarech lahanig ima, the kavoid v'yedidus. He says it's very hard for parents, but they should know that that's the only trufa to ever, the only medication to ever win her back. And there's so much material out there. The first thing is, she's suffering. Everything she's doing today is because of that. Become an expert. Until you're an expert, then be an expert in the neshama. Be an expert in understanding. Be an expert in realizing the power that you have to make her or to break her. The power when you hug her and you say, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you. I should have been there. It's my job to protect you. And I didn't protect you. And maybe you even sent her to the molester. Who knows? And then I didn't understand you. And then I judged you. We don't know really what happened to her. You don't need to know, and you should never ask. It's not appropriate. It's not your tafkid. She has a machla. So now we're going to start telling her, Tzniyos, Chavez, is this, is this normal? We have a hard time with the fact that she is very angry at us and that she cut us out of knowing what's going on with her completely. She's in the rehab, and she has a lot of time on us, and I guess all the way that we handled her all the years, not knowing what happened to her. I can tell you now, very simple. There's no child that has a hatred for their parents. There's no child that doesn't want and need mommy and tati. And I've had hundreds of couples who come to me, and the, the wall can get ripped down in an instant. Her treatment of you can only be as a response and a reaction to your treatment of her. In hindsight, we didn't know that you were hurting. We thought that you were bad. We didn't trust our child. We didn't trust you. It's not your fault as parents. It's not her fault as a child. Her life story is that she was bitten by a silent, venomous snake, which caused her to be in trouble. And when she acted in trouble, her parents didn't trust her. Again, not your fault. But look at it from her view. She's starting to struggle, which is a normal result of being bitten by the snake, and everybody's looking down at her, and what's the matter, and being tough. Now, if you're tough with, with all your kids, good luck. But if you're tough with all your kids, and one of them happens to be bitten by a snake, you murdered her over and over and over again. You hurt her. You hurt her. She'll like it in. Now, you can tie correctly. I didn't know. So first of all, if what you did is 100% kosher, according to Chinuch, for our dar, where Rebbe Yashiv, that's how, at 101 years old, wrote, in our dar, only Yemin Mekarev, no small doicha. In our dar, not a huggy, smiley, kalbach, uh, nanach guy. No small doicha. But let's say you did 100% kosher chinuch, never with kas, not being overly tough, dealing with it, mamish according to halacha. So then what you have is a ptur. If you didn't do it 100% according to halacha, then I meant to stab you in the arm, but I ended up stabbing you in the heart. So that's mamish, unfortunately, murder, which we as parents do murder our children by accident, and that's why we have to be careful. There is no p'tur of chinuch. There is no hilchus chinuch. It says in the svarim, 
There's no Hilchus Chinuch. Why not? Because it depends on the result. And some people take their power and control. They think that, I have power and control. And they use it against the Torah. They, and they abuse their power and control very, very often. And that's a normal thing. So if a kid is a normal kid, no big deal. You push him, that's fine. But if a kid is on top of the stairs and you push him and ends up breaking their legs, then your push is goyrim, tremendous tsar, and goyrim, the opposite of chinuch, because it breaks the trust that you're supposed to have and it causes the person tsar. So if it was done alpitayr, so you could say you still feel bad, but at least you have a tsar. But if it was done not alpitayr, it's mamish murder. It's driving without a license and then, and then running and then you know, killing an old lady. Okay. Now, what you should be doing is, you should be feeling bad. Because even if you did everything perfectly, you should make it known to her, we woke up and we realized that we mishandled you for many years. We were over on the Haftamariyach HaKamaycha, which applies to children as well. We were over, we did not judge you favorably. We forgot who your essence is, your pure, beautiful, erlich essence, and we turned on you. And if you ask Mechila a thousand times till you die, then you're doing your job. Because any child who's having this reaction means she's hurt. That's all. If your wife starts talking to you, what does it mean? It means that you did something that caused her tsar, and she can't talk to you anymore. So she should go for therapy, or you should learn how to be sensitive. And same thing with the other way. If your husband stops talking to you, then you have to realize, I hurt him. So you hurt her. That's a fact. Nobody can debate the fact that you obviously hurt her very bad. Well, let's say this. Let's say you did not do anything to hurt her, but you treated her normal. You were walking to shul, and you see somebody who's walking, and you say, come, let me help you in, and you grab his arm, and meanwhile, his arm was dislocated his shoulder, and, and you didn't know. So what do you say? I'm not sorry. I'm not apologizing. I didn't know. No, you say, I'm so sorry. I caused you pain. If she won't talk to you, you caused her pain. You did it either lahalacha or you did it as a Russia. That's up to you. I don't know you. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying the facts as they are. Lahalacha, you can murder somebody also. You were going through the green light. The kid came out of nowhere and you killed him. Fine. You're popular, but don't you feel bad? So if she was handled in a certain way, probably too tough probably too tough for even maybe a regular kid, but especially for a kid with a disability, and you never didn't know. Because maybe you're the most calm, compassionate, wonderful parent, and had you known, if she had any other machla, you would have been fine. But because you didn't know, so therefore you treated her normally, but treating her normally is painful. doesn't matter how you got here. Either you did it, Hashem did it, somebody, but she didn't do it. So you need to apologize from the bottom of your heart, we are so sorry. Look at what you're going through. And now, not only are you going through so much, but you don't even have your parents with you while you're going into this surgery. Rehabs, psych wards are not fun places. Imagine a kid going in for a surgery and doesn't even have a mommy and daddy because she's angry at them. So in addition to all the pain, you lost the support. You, lo you lost the support of mommy and daddy. We will never judge you again. We don't blame you for being upset. We don't blame you for being angry. Please find it in your heart to understand we love you so much and any anger or frustration that we had was misplaced. 
We didn't mean to hurt you. We will never hurt you again. You will feel safe. We will prove to you that you can feel safe around us. We will never look down at you. We will never think that if we went through your pain that we could do better than you. We will never think, Hashem, please, in the next Gilgal, send me down as this child. I want to see how I can do. We will never judge you. That's all you need to do, and that's everything. It's a difference between life and death. Whether she's going to feel, I have parents who love me, who chachka with me, whether even if she walks around without any clothing, even if she's eating chazatreif on Yom Kippur, it's only a result of the pain that some horrible person, a Russia, stabbed her. And this is a result. And if you want to write a book on what happens to the best person in the world, a holy Yiddish neshama from wonderful parents, what happens to someone who is stabbed with the terror attack of sexual trauma? Then just look at what she does and put it in the book. Stop judging. This is that with a mixture of lazy, bad, stupid, bad midos, bad attitude. No. Don't add in other ingredients. This is a result of that. And you can write a book. She was stabbed when she was seven years old. And at 14 years old, whatever the age was, we never knew. We never knew. You have to hug her and say, I didn't know. She took a piece of metal, a piece of... Did you ever in your life imagine how much pain you need to be in to try and cut yourself? And what is the number one cause of cutting yourself? Taiva? Rishus? Bad midos? Sexual trauma childhood abuse, terror attack of a child. And all that time that she was going through all that, where were you? Again, there's two choices and there's everywhere in between. Either you did things wrong or you did everything right or somewhere in between. It doesn't matter because even what you did right, she had a cancer growing inside of her all those years. And you didn't know. So fine. Again, I'm not, I don't blame parents. I'm just trying to explain to you her story of her life. That's a result of the machla. It breaks the valve in your brain. You feel worthless. When you feel worthless, you, you feel not ro'i for any type. You don't accept love. You don't try. It, this is a, a mental breakdown, an emotionally a mental breakdown that affects the brain. And again, fMRIs. You can see the parts of the brain that are broken. From this thing. And we, Jewish people, are in the dark ages. We don't want to hear about it. We don't want to think about it. No, it's a big deal. In the Chesidisha world, they say, Shepherd, Gespiel, they played around. It's not a game. It destroyed her life, and it caused you thousands of hours of Agmas Nefesh. And who knows how many tears it cost you. And who knows how much money it cost you and will cost you to save this kid. So don't underestimate the damage because everything you're dealing with in her life, everything she is dealing with is only because of that. Because that's what causes you to have broken self-esteem. That's what causes you to be needy on a not normal level. That's what causes you to feel rejected all the time. Because when you're overly needy, parents are like, okay, later, come on. You know, we have to like get her to be normal. That's what causes you to cut yourself. That's what causes you to have anorexia. That's what causes you to want to die. That's what causes you to... Every machla she has, panic, anxiety, depression, Boom. suicidal behavior, it's all because she was stabbed. Become a professional. And it's not that hard. You don't have to go to school for $60,000 for four years. Go to Google and put in TED Talks, T-E-D Talks, and put in 
what does childhood trauma do to the brain? And understand that if you did that for 100 hours, you will look at her with such mercy. You would understand her the way I feel for her right now. I feel for her like Yosef HaTzadik, hated by his brothers. For what? He was right. They were wrong. He goes to find out. He wants Shleim Achichem. Brothers, I want your love. And they throw him in a pit. They send him away. Why? Why did all this have to happen? What did she do to deserve the hell of thinking, my parents look down at me? I am a problem. What Gehenim did she do in the previous Gilgal to be put down into this horrible, painful world and then to be judged? It's the worst thing in the world. I don't know her story. I don't know how many times it was. I don't know if it was somebody of authority. I don't know what it was, but it was enough that she felt worthless. And she felt to herself, if you knew the real me, you would never, ever do any of these things for me. It's a deep parsha. It's a deep thing that you, it's not for now, but never, ever look down at her or think that you could do better. Understand right and wrong very clearly. She has every single symptom of trauma. Every single symptom of trauma. Unlikely that that's the only story that happened to her. Probably there are several things that happened to her. Don't ask her because it makes her worse, but it'll come out over time. The bottom line is, here's what we agree. We agree that she's suffering terribly. If you really understood how much she's suffering, you wouldn't have a Yiddishkeit problem. If we really understood trauma and what it does and how it erodes the trust and the self-esteem, we would realize that her one bracha that she makes a year is more powerful to Hashem than what our other kids are doing all the time. In other words, the more that we really understand trauma, then she wouldn't feel judged. If she's not talking to you, it means that somewhere along the way, she feels judged by you. Now that you know what her complaints are, you can rectify it. If your daughter is drowning in an ocean, and you say, oh, I am not that type of guy, it's not an option. With a healthy kid, it's also not an option, really, because kids today need hugs and love and mush, even regular kids. Rebel Yashif said, Zatal, that in our door, every bachura, every teenage girl, needs a boyfriend. If the father has seichel, he'll do the job. So it's not just about what I'm comfortable with. It's I brought a child into this generation, and I have to go out of my comfort zone to give my kids what they need physically and emotionally. But a healthy, regular kid, it will cause problems in marriage and down the line, which we're seeing a lot of. But it's not really our fault because we grew up, we didn't get any of this stuff. So a lot of people don't know how to give it. But it really doesn't matter that it's not our fault because our kids are still suffering. And what they need is the physical, mushy stuff from their fathers. Unfortunately, usually the very from ones fight it. Instead of saying, you need, what do you need? You need vitamin C? Here's vitamin C. What do you need? A hug? Here you go. Here's hugs. You need me to express the love? I would die for you. You think I can't express it? I'll express it. I'll buy a Hallmark card every single day. If my kid needs it, he needs it. And here we have a lot of fathers, especially. I have fathers by me that the kids are suicidal and dying, and they say, I can't hug my child. And I say, you don't have any control over yourself because it's your child who's dying, and the doctor says the medicine is a hug, and you can't do it for your own child, you're going to speak at the Leviah. And you can't save that with a hug. And a lot of fathers will say, I didn't have it, I didn't get it. But I'm like, but it's your kid. See here, the fact that she expressed what's concerning her 
instead of fighting for 50 years and saying, no, it's not my fault, don't get so sensitive, da-da-da-da-da, she's going to be the same chayla in 50 years from now. And Rabbi, she's not seven years old now, she's 21 and a half. You ah, don't go ahead and, 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 and mushy ah. and hug a girl that, I mean, it's not, Gavaldic, you know, there's a difference. Good, let me, let me answer. First of all, your mamish on target. It's a geschmack talking to you. Your questions are on target. First of all, like this. You said she's not seven and a half. She's 21. But you know something? Emotionally, part of the brain that grows stops growing, and she's really, you're dealing with an eight-year-old. Emotionally, not in physical years. She's going to be 50 and 60 and 70. Her brain is eight years old. And this is proven by science. If you do an fMRI, you, you look at it, parts of the brain stop growing at the age of trauma. So the part of her that's saying, Daddy, hug me, it's eight. That's number one. Take it very seriously because you answered some zach, you answered to the point, I'm answering you to the point. You're saying, an eight-year-old you hug. I'm telling you that it's the eight-year-old inside of her that needs to be hugged. And she, her brain, parts of her brain are eight years old. And this is a fact. They have the growth, they know how to chart the growth of the brain, and when you suffer from a trauma, your brain stops growing. It's a fact, and you'll see on the brain scan that when it comes to this, she's eight years old. I have parents who come to me with 30-year-old children, and they're gobbling up the love, and they say, I don't understand. My son, I'll give you an example, this family that came to me, their son is 26 and married, got divorced, his life fell apart. Turns out that because of their love to him, they found that he was molested when he was seven years old by his principal, unfortunately. Suicidal and all kinds of other stuff. The kid, one night, after the parents came to me, gave him love, he's having a panic attack, and he went into his mommy's bed. A six-foot-two guy, weighs 250 pounds, went to his mommy's bed. What age are we really dealing with? That's number one. Number two is, you're wrong about the 21-year-old also. Because you're not understanding that a 21-year-old and a 31-year-old regular child craves the Abba to give a hug and say, I love you, I'm proud to be your father, the healthiest kids today. But a kid who's sick in the hospital, you can't compare. You can't compare, God forbid, she was in a terror attack. And you run to the hospital, she's missing an arm, she's missing a leg, she, come, come, she's, she's hardly living. And, and, and she's, Tatia, I'm not hugging her. She's 32 years old. I'm not going to say I love you. A, a person in pain, at any age, is a, is a little child, is vulnerable, needs words, and it's all free. It, you're being, um, I don't know how you say it, you're being an auction. It's, not, it's free. It's in your heart. You'll see that if she wants it, give it to her. She needs it. Again, you're making a judgment call that's wrong. That's not, not my opinion. Fact. It's wrong. And then one day you're going to say, oh, I wanted to do everything I could for her. She wanted stuff from me. I refused it. What, what's the upside of refusing it? She wants a hug from her daddy. Give her a hug. Don't let go. Hug her. Today they know that hugs, after 20 seconds, release in the brain something called oxytocin. And oxytocin actually helps a child not feel suicidal and not cut, and fight anorexia. Boom, there it is. Do the research, Google, hugs, and, and the word oxytocin. And you'll say, oh my God, this is not a hug like for another kid. This is oxygen. This is uh, Z-Pak, Zithromax, for strep. 
This is facts. So first of all, I disagree with the fact that you don't hug your regular kids and give them love. Love in our generation, they need it. It's different. We can't say what we what we had. It's a different door. Second of all, a 21 year old or a 31 or an 81 year old who's in pain, who doesn't see if they have a future, needs assurance and love. And even though you don't talk that way, you do when someone is in the hospital. So if we truly, again, to what I said before, if we really understood what trauma and what her life is in and what it means when you cut yourself and what in the mindset of somebody that has to be so broken to be anorexic and to be never living in Gullus and Mitzrayim, in a jail cell, in a psych ward, in a rehab, her, her life is totally gone. And what are the success rates of these places? Very low. And she thinks, who's going to marry me? Well, I'm not going to have a future. Someone in that matters. You hug. You compliment. It's not your style, your nature. It's vicious if you're the father and you don't give it. It's like not giving food because I don't cook. So you have to step up to the plate and go out of your comfort zone for someone who's drowning. And the third thing is she's not 21. She's eight. She's scientifically, practically, she's eight. And it heals the trauma. New York Times has an article, and you can Google New York Times trauma. They say that there's no trauma to heal unless the trauma victim is in a stable, secure environment. And she's not. Because if she's not talking to you, daddy, then she's not doesn't have the stability of feeling that she's in a stable, secure environment. God forbid, all the stuff she's going through will fail. The odds are against her. You are the, the master of her, of, of her future. You have so much power, you have no idea. I take families that are in much worse condition than you. I never meet the kid, and the kids, Baruch Hashem, and her recover one after another, and the BPD diagnosis, which is fake, disappears, and the, sci- and the psychiatrists say consistently, I don't know what happened. She had all the symptoms. And as a Hashem, the anorexia goes bye-bye, and all the problems go away. And I never meet the kids. I only work with the parents. When she feels 100% support from you, understanding and love, physical, emotional, psychological, psychiatric love, from you, you are giving her the highest chance to succeed in not only beating all of these diseases, not only living a healthy life, but a Yiddish life. To the degree that you fail to accomplish that, you're failing to do everything you can for this neshama that was given to you. The Zaira Kaddish says that this is not about them, it's about us. That every neshama was asked to the parents, I have a tikkun in this world, I have to go through. And the parents say, I will take care of you, I will care for you. It's more about us than about her. We can't save her from her pain, but we can give her the medicine that she's craving. She's craving, what, is, what does she want already? Say you love me, say you're proud of me. Hug me, protect me, vouch for me, understand me, accept me. What does she want? It's all free. It's all free. And I'm telling you, I hope that you'll never call me back that we have a kid who's also now a drug addict and who's also off the dark eating traits because this is the road that she's on. Give her power. Give her power to fight her disease. Nesiva Shalom says, that Yosef had in his massive of Nesayim, which was greater than him, comes because if you look at the parasha before, his father refused to give up on him. Yaakov Avinu was so mushy, he gave him Ksenis Pasim. Why? Because I'll say because he knew that Yosef needs to know I love you more than anybody because he knew he was going to be alone, boited in the triumph. This kid is going to have a different life than everybody else. Everyone else is going to be at home 
connected to the Shairish, is going to be protected, is going to be part of the family. And this kid is going to be sent away into a life of hell, a life of being alone and lonely and ripped apart from the Shairish. I'm giving him more love than anybody else. The Yisrael Ahavas Yosef Nikol Bonov. Nesiva Shalom says that the only way that Yosef was able to be by Yimain in his life was because he had a father by Yimain with his nachim. Refused to give up. And we see today, never people say, I have one kid less. I give up on her. I can't look at her. Her you can't look at? Don't look at the person who did this to her. Don't look at the tzad that she had. Be upset at Hashem. Cry out to Hashem, how could you do this to my kid? And Avada, you have to accept it also with a smile, but not on her, not on her back. Don't turn on your kid. If you have a keli, you have some way to give her medicine. You, you can do mouth-to-mouth resuscitation on somebody. I'm not comfortable with that. It's not about you being comfortable. It's about doing whatever you can for your neshama. With her, she needs hugs. You need to take down the wall. You need to write her letters and buy her gifts and do everything you can for her because she will not make it. Physically, emotionally, or spiritually, if she disconnected from Abba. That's what the Svarim say. The Baal HaTurim says that when the Pasuk says, that this foolishness in Mishle, if foolishness is Kshura Belev Nar, is Gebindin, bound to the heart of the child, he says there's another time in the Torah that says the word Kshura. Benafshay kshuro benafshay. Says the Balhatura Marishin. Nitneisha eval pekshuro boy. Because the evelis, the shtusin, is kosher beliboy shel anat. Bedafka, because of that, tzarech shetia, nafshay kshuro benafshay shel avav lechanchay. She needs you. You are her respirator. You're her connection to the Messiah. Without you, you're not just a regular person that could say, I'm not interested in getting involved. You are connecting her to the free of the Kadiris. You are connecting her to Moshe Rabbeinu, to Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, to all the Dairis. Even if she's a Ben Seir Umayra, then Shem Ishmuel says beautifully on Ben Seir Umayra, I'll say it short, this kid cannot do tshuva, that's why you kill him. That he will be, last time he will be a murderer. This kid is for sure you got to kill. What about tshuva? So we say, this kid can't do tshuva. you got to kill him. But the, but the Shem Shmuel brings down a Gemara in Sanhedrin. Ayn Ches. If mommy and daddy want to forgive the Ben Sayyidu the one who can't do tshuva and who will for sure be a murderer, the Psak is, Moichlin, you forgive him. So Frek the Shem Shmuel, he asks, but you're not killing the kid because of what he did to his parents. If you're killing him because he cut off your beard and you're willing to forgive it, okay, don't kill him. But you're not killing him for what he did to his parents. He stole some money. He bought some Italian wine. Big deal. You're killing him because what he did represents that he can't do tshuva. He will join a gang and be a murderer. He has a din of a raidif. So you've got to kill him before he kills other people. How do you then not kill him? Because mommy says, that's okay, I forgive you. And daddy says, oh, it's all right. I'm not pressing charges. Shemeshmul explains. That this kid is a ben disconnected from his parents. And a kid who is disconnected from his parents can never do tshuva. And yes, he did this combination, and he will become a retzeach because he's disconnected from his parents. You've got to kill him now. Kill him. But, Avo, 
if mommy and the daddy say, it's okay, I'm reconnecting to you. I don't care that you stole from me. I don't care that you're not smeared. I don't care that, I don't care about anything. I'm connected to you, who's 100%. So then I die and it's that she could do tshuva. So the only difference between one Ben Sayyid Umar and another one is one of them, the parents say, I can't look at you. I'm not a hugger. I'm disconnected. You have kindness on me. I have kindness on you. I'm done. And the other one says, I don't care what you did. I'm Merkulio. And you connect. And if you connect to her, even if you need to be Michael her, then she's connected. If she's connected to you, to the degree she's connected to you, she's connected to the Messiah, how is she supposed to get out of this mess? On top of that, she's a Leib Yasum, Yasayma. She's a Yasayma Av. Because she feels, for whatever reason, misunderstanding. This whole thing is a misunderstanding. And she feels, my father wrote me off or whatever it is. It's a misunderstanding. She's Nebuch Meshuga, and you're treating her like a normal kid, and you're upset at her because she's upset at you, but she's in the psych ward. You're arguing with the Meshugana. You go to the psych ward. I went to visit someone in the psych ward, and he saw a big rub over there with a big beard, and he greeted me. He said, hi, I'm Yashka. I'm Jesus. What am I going to do, argue with him? I said, hey, Yashka, what's happening? Like, what am I supposed to do with him? Going to argue with him? She's the one suffering. You're not suffering. You're suffering also, by the way. I I acknowledge that, but because of her pain that she was stabbed, right? That caused all of this. Your anger is not at her. Your anger is at Hashem. You have to make peace with him, that he made this to happen, that your daughter should get stabbed, which comes from him, and you have to deal with your amun and your betachem to come to peace with that. And your anger is the one who did this to her, or the several people who did it to her, because it's more than one. I know the fingerprints on the weapon. When there's a crime scene, if you call down a top FBI guy, he's going to tell you stuff that you can't see. I'm telling you, this is not the story. You only know a part of the story. Because based on her symptoms, which can only come from long-term severe abuse, and understanding the sugya, I'm telling you, it's much worse than whatever you think is going on over here. Bottom line is, take her side. Take down the wall that you built, or that she built because of what she thought that you did. Get out of your own midos. Use this as a growth opportunity. Because usually by the time you're our age, we're not changing for nobody. Our wife already is stuck with us. Our kids are already stuck with us. And from now until 120, we don't change anything. And all of a sudden comes this cuckoo situation when we got to really start growing midos and getting control and using stuff that we don't usually use and changing how we deal with this kid and usually end up doing it on the other kids and everybody gains from it. But this isn't a sign for you. I'm telling you she's innocent. I'm telling you if you're going to vote... Vote for her. If you're going to take her side, take her side. She'll get out of it with your emistika support without batting an eyelash. Whatever your trouble is from her tiny misbehavior, is, which is all not her fault, is nothing compared to what's coming your way, God forbid, if she doesn't get a hug from you, a hug that you don't let go. You write her a letter. You say, I'm so sorry. I just woke up out of my coma. I just started researching all the things you're going through. Her, even if you don't know sexual trauma, anorexia, cancer, makes you want to die, cutting, cancer, heart attack. Imagine physical, put it in physical. You don't know what happened. Maybe she ate too much pizza, but she had a heart attack. She had a valve replacement. She had a growth in her stomach. She has 15 different machlas, and she's in a hospital now. Don't you feel bad for her? Can't you give her a hug? 
And if she has a taina on you, you cry and you say, I'm so sorry that I gave you that impression that caused you to not realize how much I love you. My, my, child, my precious child who didn't deserve this. So just go to physical. If she was sick in a hospital now and you didn't visit her and she didn't want you, you'd be tearing your hair out. Not, I have a problem child. You'd be tearing your hair out. What am I going to do to, to go to take away this wool so I can visit my child in the hospital, so I can hug her, so I can hold her hand? Not she needs a hug. You need a hug. You need a hug from this kid to say, Tati, I forgive you. To say, Tati, it's not your fault. Don't be so hard on yourself. It would have happened anyway. Tati, I know you tried. You need a hug. You need a new beginning with this kid. It's not the kid you thought. It's not regular chinuch. It's not America versus wherever you come from. That different styles and different chinuch and different generations. It's nothing to do with chinuch. She partially is sick, sick, struggling with a machla, and you didn't know. So you told her, eat, come on, whatever it is. You didn't know what that, that that's bad for her. You didn't know she had a twisted ankle. So you said, come, let's go to the gym. Why don't you want to go to the gym? And now you find out, oh my gosh, I didn't know. I never should have told you to go to the gym. I should have trusted you that if you don't want to go to the gym, probably the gym hurts you. And use that muscle for every little bit of thing that you did that caused her pain. And realize that it's not your fault. Hashem tricked you because you didn't know. But now you know. Now you know. Take her side and don't stop hugging her. And if you need somebody to teach you how to hug, go find somebody. No problem. I have tons of things I can't do. But if you tell me that I need to do it to save my kid's life, I'm going to start doing it. I'm not a black belt in karate, but if for some reason I knew that in one month from now my kid's going to get attacked by three guys in the subway and I need to be a black belt, I'm going to spend the next month being a black belt. You are the number one person to save her life. And there's really not a number. Mommy and daddy is number one and two, and there's really no number three. I'm telling you, I've seen all of these symptoms disappear only with the parents. But now she's in help, and even if you can't make it all disappear, but you can tilt it in your, the way you want. Don't you want, you want her to be alive? You want her to be happy? You want her to be able to get married? You want her to be able to have children? You want her to be able to be from? And right now, all of that is in the balance. It's hanging in the balance. And I'm telling you, you called me. I'm telling you my opinion based on a lot of experience, and I can back it up, that the number one thing that you can do for her is make her feel 100% admiration from you. Figure out how to do it. Read up. Um, find, learn about uh, tra childhood trauma. You say you did. I'm not here to judge you. I don't think you know anything about it. I think you have to hit the books again and understand to connect that, that everything she did to hurt you was a result of that. And go back and think, May 22nd, 1987, this and this happened, and I thought she was bad. May 42nd, 1997, look what happened. She came this, and I said, why don't you go to sleep? And she said, I don't like going to sleep. Now I know she was scared because she has panic attacks and she goes to sleep. And goes through everything and realizes this whole thing is a misunderstanding. Push it to misunderstand. It's so sad to me. You're such good people. She's such a nice girl. Why did this have to happen to you? That you should be so, not only lose a child from being a precious child like your other children, but that you turn on her, she turned on you. All, not the points, all misunderstandings. Clear it up. You can't heal the stabbing. You can't not heal the stabbing. The only thing you can do is love her and, be, and, and, and make up with her. 
you're going to feel so good when you get that hug because a father also is a father and you also need a hug from this kid who's suffering more than anybody since the Holocaust. I don't mean that you can go and hug her now. That would be actually traumatizing to her. I'm talking about, I'm talking about starting off to undo all the damage slowly and persistently and removing the walls over the next year so you can get to the point where she'll accept that hug that she needs. Avada, I'm not talking about grabbing her and hugging her. She'll think you're a lunatic. Avada Nish. Now, I have to go. I have another okay. call. I hope that this was somewhat helpful to you. And I hope that you'll call me back one day and tell me that you saw miracles. The Baal Shem Tev said when they had, somebody had a children that went off with Harvest Rois to Lukfira. Betsiva ha Baal Shem Tev lehoiv oisam there's no medicine that you will find anywhere in the world other than the love. It's a Tayyidika love, not the psychology today American love. The love that the others had and they kissed each other and they hugged their kids. The love Ripshach said, 25 years ago, today people are scared to give their kids love and they don't realize that that's the number one thing that they can do for their child, chinuch. Not even emotional health, chinuch. What? Laharif aleya mahava. So of course you have a big challenge. But if you start with seichel, and you start to write letters, and you send her a gift, and she'll be angry, and she'll break the gift, and you say, it's okay, I understand you. I'm never going to judge you again. However you react is obviously the way a good person who suffered so much should react. I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you. I will always be here for you. And I understand if you spit in my face also, I will hug you and kiss you. And you can punch me and I will understand you because you're good. So if you're acting this way, that is the way any normal person would act. I will never judge you again. I got it all wrong. I just want to love you. And you write that letter and you write it and you write it and you write it. She's telling you her pain is the best thing in the world. We can't get the molester to apologize. We can't get most things in her life to be good. But she has a taina on Tati, and she's saying what it is. Make the taina go away. Use your skill. Use your geschmack. Use everything inside of you. And daven Tashem, let me, let me love this kid. Let me restore the relationship. Remove the walls between us. So that way I'm not part of the problem anymore. And in fact, I can be a part of the solution. I can be a part of restoring her self-esteem. Everything she's dealing with is because her self-esteem was shattered by trauma. And you, Tati, by complimenting her, have the only person in the world, mommy and Tati, it restores the self-esteem. You can move her self-esteem from zero to 40. At 40, you don't throw your life away so fast. You're giving her the fuel in the car, you're giving her the energy to wage the war that she needs to to overcome her challenges. You're giving her idud, encouragement, to fight a fight that you don't even fathom to understand how hard it is. You should never know. She has to lift 400 pounds. Give her breakfast at least. So then she'll have kayak to lift it. She's fighting every day machlas and machlas and machlas. Give her the idud. You have nothing to lose. Break out of whatever is made sarim out of your boundaries that are holding you back and say, I'm running for her. And you'll, with your heart and with seicho, and with patience and with kindness and never judging her. Let her spit at you. And that's healthy. And you'll say, if that's the way I made you feel, it's my fault. I feel so bad because it's not natural. Oh, I made you spit at me. I'm so sorry I hurt you.
This is the only, only thing you can do for her. Hashem should give you siyata d'shmaya and give you the heart and the ability to train and to get this kid back under tachas kanfei, the shechina of your house, which can only happen by tremendous doses of love. You're not spoiling her. You're making up for what she's missing. She's in a deficit now of a billion uh, compliments. Give her a billion compliments. Get her out of the hole. Build her up so she can fight with pride. Tell her, I'm, I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what you're going through. And I'm so sorry that I made it harder for you. That's not my job, and I'll never do it again. I wish you a lot of hatzlacha. And I'm sorry if I sounded like I was coming down too hard. I don't know you. So anything that doesn't apply, I was talking generally. Achas v'shalom. did not mean you. I don't know you. You know, so you know I couldn't have meant you. I was talking in general terms. I hope that some of what I said spoke to you. The main thing that you said is that once you're, once I'm hurt from the fact that she, that she hates her father, is what she wrote. So the natural feeling is, okay, so you don't want, you don't want, you know, <laughs> and that's where I'm holding at. So maybe what you said, you know, you're saying, you know, try to, don't take it so personal. I would, I would say a little stronger. I would say take it personal. You created that feeling in her. She wasn't born with it. You might have created it by accident. Either by accident, because you treated her the way you treat, supposed to treat a normal kid, and she wasn't normal, or on purpose means that you didn't even treat her 100% the way you treat a normal kid. Either way, you did not mean to hurt her. If you hated her, you wouldn't be on the phone with me. I know you because you're a father and parents never hate their children. So if you created in her an unnatural feeling, which probably came from dozens or hundreds of, of misunderstandings where you thought that she was doing something bad and you touched it up as bad or evil and the essence now you know it wasn't true. So the whole thing is a misunderstanding. Tell her, Shefala, my love, sweetheart, of course you hate me. If someone treated me the way I treated you, if I had a boss, who, when it, when it wasn't my fault and gave me a thousand criticism, I would hate him also. Please understand, I never meant to hurt you. I will never again be a source of pain to you. I swear on my life, I will never be a source of pain. I will never look down at you. I can't even begin to imagine what you went through. Have I done this color, Adam Lakovskos, as a regular Adam, not a victim of a, of a Holocaust? I will never judge you. I accept you with open arms. I believe in you. You're my flesh and blood. The Ebesha said, B'ni b'chari Yisrael, to teach us that he loves us. We were in Mem Tashari Tumim Mitzrayim. And Hashem said, B'ni b'chari Yisrael. Why? Because that's what we needed for our self-esteem to get out of Mitzrayim. He didn't tell us when Matan Taira, Kabbalah Satayra, on the Nun Shari Kedusha, B'ni b'chari Yisrael. No, in Mem Tashari Tumim, that's when you need to hear it. My daughter, with tears, I'm writing to you. You're thrown away from me. You're in a hospital, in a psych ward, whatever it is, with all kinds of diagnosis. My child, and on top of that, I caused you pain. It kills me. I'm writing this with tears, with blood. I will never cause you pain again. I will ask you, Mechila, every day of my life until I die. I never meant to hurt you. Please understand. I misunderstood. I didn't know. 
And if you can't forgive me, I accept that also because you are perfect. You are good. You are essentially tough. And if you can't forgive me, then nobody would be able to. But I will ask you every day for Mechila for the rest of my life because I hurt you and I hurt you when you were down. And I didn't mean to. I swear I didn't mean to. And I'll prove it to you by never doing it again. And with enough feeling, and this is your avoda, this is your tafkid on this world. You have no other tafkid. It's for him to say that it's not for now. I'm not giving you a muster shmuz. I'm telling you how I feel based on the right stuff. I'm sure you could feel that. This is what Hashem wants from you. Rescue your daughter. Hug her. Kiss her. Get, get her to the matzah that she should accept the hug, which she's dying for. She's dying. I, your wife. Okay, it's complicated. It's not for now. When they reject it, when they accept it. But one thing's for sure. Remove the wall. Remove the hatred, and only you can do that. And you have so much to gain because you don't feel comfortable. A person says to a stranger, you hate me, I hate you. I couldn't talk. Have a nice day. But when you know that your daughter hates you, there's no man in the world who can deal with that. And the more that we just say, okay, okay, doesn't bother me, doesn't bother me, it's all cover-up. We're parents. It's in the Bria. There's no way around it. Dogs love their dogs. Uh, it's in the Bria. Kedalech Klovin Babahemis, Shetam Radak. That the love from parents to children is indestructible. Svarim Akhtarishim say it, so don't tell me you don't care. You care, but you're trying to deal with it. The way to deal with it is to understand you can remove it. When someone doesn't like you, it's your fault. It has to be. If someone hates you, it's your fault. I don't mean fault because you're a bad person, but whatever that she feels hurt from you is your, what you put into the relationship. That's what I mean to say. If you have a guy in shul who stops talking to you, it's got to be that you heard him. Could be he did it by accident. Could be he said, how's your wife doing? And meanwhile, his wife's dead. I don't know. He's upset. You didn't come. But somehow, if he's not talking to you, it says more about you than about him. Could be he's taka sensitive and he overdid it, but you didn't just treat him with tayv chesed. So there was a misunderstanding. My dear sweetheart, I misunderstood you your whole life. I didn't know you were hurting and I judged you as bad. How many times did you judge her as some kind of a negative when what she was doing was not out of negative. It doesn't mean you're chayiv. It just means you feel bad. I didn't know that in all these years that you were gridging, that you were holding back. And that the, I, the car was driving with the, with the emergency brake on, and I thought, you're just a terrible driver. I didn't know that you had the emergency brake. I pushed it. It's a misunderstanding. And I'm crying to you because I hurt you. I'll never hurt you again. Remove that wall, and that's, as a Hashem, start to be able to get out of the negative and then giving her positive. Yeah, you hug her. Because that's what we do when our kids are drowning. And she's drowning. She has 10 different machlas that are life-threatening. Don't wait till it's too late. Oh, yeah, I should have hugged her. Hug her now. Now, the, the, you have to avoid this to get to that place that she should accept accept the medicine. If you want it, you'll get it. Stay focused on everything I told you. Hashem will give you the Shmaya, go for brachas and give staka, that you should be matzliach in making up for the pain that you caused her on purpose or not on purpose, and be able to be on the tzad of helping and healing her and giving her the kayach, the idud, the encouragement and the kayach in her nefesh to be able to fight the diseases that Hashem gave her, to be able to recover and to give you a lot of Yiddish anachas and to live a happy, healthy life. Amen. Thank you so much. This is Avi Fishoff, and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL.com.